Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now on Masachat Shabbat Daf Ayin Dalit Amud Bet in the middle of the Amud, about to analyze the second part of the list or the second li- sub list, if you will, uh, of Melachot Hagozes Dat Semer Vamelabno. So uh, this list of thirteen Melachot went from shearing sheep all the way to the finished garment. Uh, so the first two are shearing the sheep and bleaching the uh, wool. If you somehow were able to spin wool on the animal on Shabbat, you're high for three things. Because you're cutting it off. Because you're, you're cleaning out the junk. You're spinning. Not true. None of these things are being done in the normal way. You're not chayev for any of them. Is that really not the normal way? commenting on a pasuk, I put it on the handout, even though it's not here on the page, because the context of his drasha is about the women They spun the literally the goats. So what did he? How did he interpret that? Meaning that they they washed it on the goats and they spun it while on the goats. It's called spinning if it's on the animal. So the answer is the, the point is that these women were very brilliant and were very adept at doing this, but it's not a normal thing. If somebody tears off a feather from a bird and then cuts it and then takes the parts out, like the Little skein, skeins. Chayv for three things. Shemeshem explains. tearing it out is called gozeis. Kotem cutting it is mechayv mishum mechatech as we had with parchment. And marei chayav mishum mechatech because that's smoothing it over again from parchment. So we see that the lists are not interchangeable, but the areas can bleed into each other. Okay, kosher matir much much further down the list. We said that tying and untying, and by the way, we're going to deal with Oreg and some of the other Malachot later in the Masachet, but for right now, there's some particular points they want to hit. Kosher and Matir, so tying and untying. Shirab Mishkan Echave, where do you have tying in the Mishkan? Based on the notion that all the Malachot have to be anchored in the Mishkan. Koshrin Halim, they would tie down the pegs of the Ohalim. That's not tying for a permanent purpose. That's tying to untie. And we're going to, as we'll see, kosher and several of the other melachot of the sort have to be permanent in nature. Uh, what does permanent mean? But certainly not intended to be temporary. The uh, people who would be weaving the curtains or the covers, if a string got got cut off, they would take the next part and tie it with it and continue. So Amalei Rav Rav then said, Terasta kosher, that, is, that solves tying. Matir Michael, remember, what are you going to do about untying? Where's that? Maybe you'll think that they found two tied strings next to each other in the weave. And it was things that got unconnected. Shari chad v'katachad. To make it easier, they would untie one of the knots and then bring the other one closer and retie it. So that is uh, your untying. So we don't even do such things before human kings. We do it in the Mishkan. The chalazon trappers who would get the mollusks in order to be able to get the dye to make the tchelet for big dekuna and for the parochot, 
uh, would tie and untie their nets. Notice, by the way, that all of the things that we're looking for in the Mishkan are not about the Avodat HaMishkan, the worship in the Mishkan, but rather about Melechat HaMishkan, the things needed to construct the Mishkan and its appurtenances, including the Begadim. Okay, at the first state tefirot, if you make two stitches, follow kaima, two stitches don't last. You're right, you only chai if you tie them off. If you tear in order to re-stitch, so Kriyab Mishkan Mehavi, where was that in the Mishkan? So uh, they gave the answer, which is that it was if a curtain suddenly had worm get into it, they tear that area open and then re-stitch it. Okay, Let's say you have a a uh, a string of of sewing, and you pull it tight to ta- tighten the 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 seam that it's on. That's called tofer. These are two other things that Rav said and Rav and Rav Zutra quoted him. That if you learn from a magosh, or the magosh, the, the magu, or the magi of the uh, Persian religion, it might be the, related to Zoroastrianism, chayav uh, mita, and the third thing is, somebody who knows how to intercalate and figure out the path of the stars, etc., and doesn't do so, you shouldn't talk to a guy like that. He's doing the wrong thing. He should, he should learn these things. Now, let's go back. Magushta, how do we understand the religious position of these magu? Some say they were magicians. One say they were magicians. Some say they were out and out heretics, deniers of God. Rav and Shmuel. One said one. We don't know who said what. So it must be that Rav, who said that Yechayav Mita for learning anything from these guys, must say they're really out and out kofrim. Because he said, "If you think that Rav held they were just sorcerers, when it comes to divination and other occult practices, the Torah says you're not allowed to learn in order to do them." In Sanhedrin, we said, but you are allowed to learn, and you are obligated to learn, meaning as a member of the Sanhedrin, to learn in order to know what these practices are, so that you can rule whether somebody violated them and is chayav or not. But, so if Rav said that learning from the Magush is Chayav Mita, that means it must be out and out prohibited. That means it can't just be a cult, it must be something worse. Tistai. Good conclusion. Anybody who knows has the ability to, to, to calculate the pattern of the stars and the constellations and doesn't do so, and now this is not necessarily about the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh or Ibur Shana, but just about the wonders of God's creation. They don't see the great, beautiful things that God did. How do we know that it's a mitzvah to be engaged in these things? You should keep the Torah because it's your wisdom and understanding in the eyes of the nations. And their interpretation is, I mean, what wisdom is there that the nations see? The ability to figure out astronomy, something the whole world sees, everybody sees it, and your ability to predict where things will go and to understand why they move the way that they do is indeed a sign of great wisdom. Okay, the next series that we had, which is the last full series, 
was all the things leading to writing a, a part on parchment, which starts with trapping and slaughtering a deer. A deer is an example. Hatsad Svi. Hatsad Chalazon. If you trap a uh, the, the Chalazon, the mollusk, Vapotso, and then you break the conch in order to get the the uh, the, the, the dye out, the, the trela dye, and a Chayv Alachat. You're only Chayv one thing. He says, Yechayev too. Why? He says, that's a subset of Disha, just like uh, getting the wheat out from the husk, so getting the Tchelet out. Amrulo They said, disagree. They said, that's not the same thing. Why did the Rabbanon hold that? They say, Disha is only the things that go out of the ground, not mollusks. But wait a second, why aren't you Chayev for killing the thing? could be talking about a case where the thing already died, you trapped it, and then it died on its own, or you trapped it, and, and then you pulled the stuff out so you didn't kill it by doing it, it was already dead. You said, no, it doesn't have to be dead. You weren't involved in trying to kill it, you were involved in trying to get the die out. The fact that it died was the Vashanamut Abayin Rava famously said that Rabbi Shimon, who says the Varshim would come in as mutar, agrees that in the case of psik reshivalayamut, which literally means you're cutting off a chicken's head in order to play with it, but it's going to die automatically. That's called a psik resha, which means when there's an inevitable result, not a likely result or possible result or even statistically probable result, but when there is an inevitable result of what you're doing that will be the Easter, then you're chayav. So, why are you patur here? The answer is, This is what we call it, meaning that here, you'd rather it were alive, you'd rather get the, 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 the die out while it's still alive, or closer to life, because it's a clearer color. So the fact that it died is actually against your interest. And in that case, the Rabbi Shimon would say you're patur, and perhaps even mutar. Okay, hashochto, shechting an animal. Shochet nishum haychayv. Why are you chayv for shechita? Remember, nishum tzoveya because it's coloring. Because the blood is coloring. We'll see what that means. Shmuel, remember, nishum tzadat nishama because you're taking away its life. That's the reason. Now, problem is about tzoveya. Is nishum tzoveya in nishum tzadat nishama lo only tzoveya? You're not killing it, and that doesn't count. Meaning, there's two considerations here. You have only one thing, but there's two considerations. Rav said, let me explain what I meant about Sovea. So later generations will come and laugh at me and say, uh, it's Sovea, that's uh, strange. Why is it good for you to eat Sovea? People would like, it's good for the owner, or the Shochet, to have the whole area of the Beit HaShchita be filled with blood. People will see it, and they'll say, oh, I want to buy that meat. So it's actually good for what he's wanting to accomplish, promoting his cause. Okay, salting the hide and working the hide. So in the answer, they're really the same thing. Apparently that's how you tan it. You're right. One of them should go out. Doesn't matter which one. One of the names should go out, which means we now have thirty-eight. What comes in its place? Scoring a parchment. 
which is what we do when we write on it, we score, kind of make lines in it so that we can write on lines. That's one of the malachot. It was left out of our list. It should be there. Somebody takes meat and salts it, meaning like you would with a, with a hide, not salting it to eat. That's called working it over. Rava disagrees. Says any They don't do that to real food. Even he only meant it when you're going on a, on the road and you needed to preserve the meat. Avalabeta, if you're at home, Somebody wants to turn the food into something as hard as as that would be, which is like hard as wood. So that wouldn't count. We said that if you smooth out or and cut the parchment, that's two malachot. Let's say you took parchment or hide and you rubbed it on the ground between pillars in an area that's made for sharpening these things, for softening and smoothing. That works also. Rashi told me three things, quoting all the way back to Meshub and Levi. Um, the gifts that we have is Ravashi, and I said very difficult for Rav Chia Bar Abba, who was a Chacham Eretz Yisraeli, a student of Rabbi Yochanan, according to Ravashi. That's why some of the gears that have either Rav Ami or Vasi seem to be preferable. On the page I had Ravashi, because that's the way our Girsa has it. Hamagarera Sheklun Shabbat. If you have poles, and you take the tops of the poles, and you kind of Drag them in order to smooth, to, to plane them or to, to, uh, to, uh, cut the edges. That's called mechatech. If you take a poultice and you spread it out over your skin on Shabbat, that's machek, smoothing it out. If you take a rock and sort of chills it to smooth it out, that's called makapatish, finishing the job. And we'll get to that in the next bit. Let's say that you have a kli and you put a uh, an image on it, whether carving it in or painting it on. You have glass and you blow the glass. That's also like a makabatish because that's the final thing on the on the kli that makes it done. It should be Ravi Somebody who takes threads out of their garment because that's making it now fully wearable. Vahani threads, like stray threads. Vahani mealy the copy of the lab, but that's only if you care about them being there. If you just happen to notice them, take them out, no big deal. Okay, said Akotev Shte Otiot. If you write two letters, Yechayev. So Tanabana Katab, Otachak Dolav Yishmukomalik Tovshtaim is interesting Tosefta. If you wrote a huge letter and it's enough space, you could have written two there, Patur. But Machakot Kudolav, if you erased a huge letter, and it's big enough to write two normal-sized letters in that area, even though you only raised one letter, because it's erasing enough to make room for two letters. Here you see erasure more chamur than writing. Okay, the second to last What's the rule? Anything that has a final step to it, that final step is putting the glaze on the clee, putting the nail in the coffin, as it were. Now, the end of the Mishnah said, It's there to tell you that 39 is the whole list, like Rabbi Yochan said, against Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer told him in Makom Av, he says that if you do an Av and it's told you, you're twice which means you could be chayv an infinite amount of chataot. 
That's what it says. Elu, these, and this is the full list of what you're chayiv. Chaser achat, 40 minus 1. Why to say it that way? Hafukim Rabbi Yehuda, as most Rabbi Yehuda, Tanya Rabbi Yehuda, Mosif Ata, Shovetam Daktek. Shovetam Daktek is pulling out the strings of the warp and of the woof. He says each one is a subset of the general weaving part. Mesech is laying the warp on the loom, and Medakdeik, and sorry, and Oreg is actually weaving. And so those are the general pieces under which Shovet Medakdeik would come, and it's only 39, not 41 Avot Malachot. But you can see from this sugya that not everyone was wedded to the number of 39 and was willing to have the numbers go back and forth, either larger or smaller based on what they reasonably thought would fit in. It was Rebbe who had the, was fixed with 39, which is why he wasn't willing to add quotation, etc. Okay, we'll uh, stop at this point. We'll pick it up with the next Mishnah and be our concluding podcast in this, the seventh parak. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.